It is good to be with you. It's Sunday morning, Palm Sunday. This is a kind of interesting day in many respects. It's been an interesting week for me. Did you get it in there, Brandon? You're the man. I love it when the song leader and the worship leader can do what I ask him to do. Any of you guys recognize this lady? Yes. Kamala Harris. Yes. yes. I was in the airport in Phoenix flying home. What day is this? Sunday? Thursday. So I'm sitting, minding my own business at a little coffee bar in the airports in Phoenix, and this young lady comes walking by. And I say young because I'm older than her. And uh, she comes walking by, and I spoke her name, and Kamala. And she looked at me, I said, I just have a question for you. Are you going to win? In the middle of everybody. So being the good politician that she was, she turned and she walks toward me. She said, of course I'm going to win. <laughs> Attitude makes a difference, ladies and gentlemen. It makes a difference. So we, so we spent about 10 minutes there at the coffee shop chatting and have a nice little introduction. And I she said, what's your name? I said, if I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> She's like, what? I'm like, you're not going to believe this, Kamala, but my name is Ed Bush. No relation. <laughs> so she had a good chuckle with that. So we talked a few minutes. So we get on an airplane. I get, she gets on the airplane long before I did. I didn't even know we were on the same flight, flying to L.A. So I, I'm the last one on the plane because I hate getting on a plane early because you just have to sit and wait. So I get on, and in the front row, there's a middle seat, and she's sitting right there on the front row. She's going to be the first one off the plane because there's secret service or whatever it is that's going to escort her out of the LAX airport because it's a little crazy. And I asked her, I said, may I sit by you? She said, yes, be happy for you to. So I sat beside her, and for about 45 minutes of that flight from Phoenix back here to L.A., we chatted. Anybody care to guess what we talked about? Faith. Faith. Now, I'll just tell you straight up, she admitted to me and confessed that I don't go to church every Sunday. And I said, I didn't ask you if you did. Do you believe? She said, are you kidding me? Of course I believe. I said, that's the most important first step. And we were talking about some things in the world, serving the underprivileged and the homeless and the indigent community and a lot of things that are really messed up in our world. And I had the opportunity to, she said, well, what, what do you think we should do? I said, well, I said, the reality is I think the answer has already been given to us. She said, what is that? I said, the answer was given by Paul in Romans chapter 12. And I said, I don't mean to quote scripture to you, but there's a verse of scripture in Romans 12 where Paul says, we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds and our bodies are the living sacrifice. And I said, that is where Jesus lives. It's in us giving ourselves to other people. It's in our sacrifice of ourselves to the lives of others. I don't know if she'll use that as a campaign slogan, but I'm thinking she should. Because I'm telling you, you and I have amazing opportunities every day. And sometimes we just pass over them. And we don't realize the opportunities that are before us. We have been talking over the last several weeks 
about our confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our confession is not when we stand before, it's not just when we stand before the church the day that we decide that we want to accept Christ and put him on in baptism and go into this watery grave that we call baptistry. That's not the only day that confession happens. The confession that you and I live is one that happens every single day if we will allow ourselves to walk into that experience with Christ. Because I'm here to tell you that there are opportunities around you every single day for you to give your life, your heart, your mind, the transformation of your mind and the living expression of the worshipful life that we live. There are opportunities to give that away every single day. Our confession from 2 Corinthians came from the fact that God is giving to us. He supplies us with the seed. He supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. He'll supply and increase our store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of our righteousness. You know, the amazing thing about that 25, 30-minute conversation I had with her is I have no idea what will ever happen or come from that conversation. And the beauty of it is, I don't have to know. I don't have to know where any of those words that we shared will ever go. The only thing that I have to know is that I stepped into the experience that God allowed me to have to share with someone whom I'd never met in my life a little bit of a glimpse of what Jesus means. You get where I'm coming from? That is our call. I can't make people come to this church. Interestingly enough, we were talking about traditional experiences in life and traditional mores and, and, and things that have changed in our country. And we talked a little bit about marriage and how that's changed. And we talked a little bit about church and how that's changed. And, and I told her, I said, Kamala, I said, I'll be honest with you. I said, if you, if you or someone that you know is looking for a very traditional experience in church where you go and you build a building and lots of people come, my response to that is good luck. Good luck. Because the reality is the world that we live in is so remarkably, di remarkably different than what it was 40 or 50 years ago or three or four or five generations ago. People don't think the same way that they used to. They don't have the same expectations of what traditional things should look like. They don't. Which is all the more reason that our lives in the world have to matter. And our expression, the living expression, the living sacrifice of Christ coming out in us, that has to matter even more. Because you can't get people to just come here because. You know, people back in the 1800s, the early 1900s, they would go to the church revivals because that was the entertainment. There wasn't any radio. There wasn't any computer. There wasn't a television. There was a visiting preacher a horse-riding circuit preacher who came into town and they'd put up a tent or they'd have something out in the middle of the country and guess what? Everybody would go. It's not that way anymore. There are people who are watching this right now because of live stream. They're not here. Some of those are former members of our church. Some of those were on vacation like the Zimmermans were the last couple weeks in, in Utah and they were watching us and it was cool. Not exactly the same as being here, but they were watching it, yes? The world is changing. Our expression in living for Jesus has to be just a little different than what it might have been when you grew up 
in the church where you grew up because it's not the same world. When you and I think about what God has done, our confession is important. Because of the service by which you proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel. Our lives are that living confession. Our experiences with people show them who Jesus is and what he means to us. And so I want you to understand that our confession of the gospel of Christ matters. And it matters in ways maybe that you've never considered or maybe you thought about it but haven't given it the proper importance in your life because it does matter how we interact with people. Our confession of the gospel of Christ is not just about giving money to a great cause. The confession of the gospel is to follow Christ's greatest confession. And I'm just going to tell you right now that this is about to get hard. It's Palm Sunday. We woke him up, didn't we? I think it's great. Don't take him out. I just want to hear him. I think it's great. When you and I come to understand what Palm Sunday is all about, I want you to think about how difficult this is going to become. Now, yeah, Jesus entered the city riding the colt. Remember that part of the story? And the people came out and they laid their palm branches and, and coats on the ground. And Jesus came into town in a triumphal ministry and a triumphal entry. Do you think for a moment that Jesus did not know why he was coming into Jerusalem? Do you realize that Jesus knew in his own heart of hearts that it was time for him to die? Do you think that Jesus rode in on that little colt thinking, look at me? Had nothing to do with it. He knew when he sat on that colt. He knew when he sent his apostles to find the little animal. He knew when he sent them to make preparation. He knew what was coming. He knew where Palm Sunday was going to lead. Because Palm Sunday didn't lead to his being raised to the heights of the great King of Kings and Lord of Lords to rule over the nation of Israel in a physical world where he could command soldiers and armies to take over. Hear the words of Jesus as he is entering the city. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. See, this is where it gets hard. This is where it gets really difficult. Because most of us, even though we're Christian, even though we profess the name of Jesus, even though we've even been baptized into Christ, most of us, most of us are not very comfortable hating our lives. And we're not very comfortable losing our lives. And we're certainly not very comfortable in dying. But Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat dies, it can't produce any more seed. So how do you die? 
Now, we're not going to have a Palm Sunday procession when we leave here. And when you walk out the building, you have to go stand in front of a milk truck and get run over. That's not what this is about. But this is about learning how to give yourself away. And this is about learning that life is not about you all the time. And it's not about what you can do or what you can get. But your life is truly about serving other people. Lynn and I were riding somewhere yesterday. I don't remember where we were. We were riding somewhere and there was a song that came on the radio. And we sing it occasionally here in the church, Ancient Words. You remember the song? And I told her. Because I got really... I got quiet when I heard that song. <coughs> and I told her, I said, there is nothing more important than the message of Jesus. You lost your wife yesterday morning at 5 o'clock. All of them God leads to separate persecution. And there is, there is nothing even in losing your wife, there's nothing that's more important than the message of the cross. And he has carried that with him to this day. There is nothing that's more important than the message of the cross. And yet we live our lives like we have the whole rest of eternity to do whatever we want to do. And we go about doing anything and everything we miss the message. Because on Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode into town, he understood that when he was coming into town, he's not walking out alive before he dies. Now, praise be to God, next Sunday we're going to talk about this little thing called Easter. And that's where he rises. And we get to all rise someday. But let me tell you a secret. Until you die, you can't get up. Jesus said, follow him. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant will also be. So where would you like to follow him? Oh, I'll take the Palm Sunday. That's cool. Put me on the donkey. I'll ride into town. I'll be the hero. Sound like your life maybe a little bit? I don't mind feeding 5,000. Let me have the power to just feed the 5,000. You know what? I like miracles. Let me be able to heal the sick. Let me raise the dead. Let me do those things. And I'm telling you that Jesus has called us to die. Unless the seed falls into the ground and dies, it cannot produce any more seed. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. Well, where was it that Jesus was going that week? He was going to the cross. And somewhere in the book, I know it says this, somewhere it says that we are to take up our cross, how often? Daily. And what does that mean? You see, Palm Sunday led to the cross. It's as simple as I know how to put it. Palm Sunday led to the cross. And then Jesus' final words and some of the final expressions and teachings that he gave to those who were 
following him at that time, he said, unless you're willing to die, unless you're willing to follow me, if you're going to be my follower, you have to go where I am. And he went to the cross. So I just ask you, can you go to the cross with him? The greatest confession ever made was when Jesus said to the Father, not my will but thine be done. And he allowed himself to go to the cross for all of our sins. Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. He washed his apostles' feet. And he told them, there are Gentiles all over the world who rule it over one another. And they have abundant opportunities to take advantage of all kinds of situations. But I'm telling you, you have to serve one another. And he washed their feet. So you see, the confession that we live is not just giving away money. The confession that we live is not just standing before a group of people and say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God who died for my sins. And all of those are important. But guys, the confession of the gospel is dying. The greatest confession is to die. To yourself. To live for others. Brandon's going to lead us in the song that says, we will glorify the King of Kings. My question to you is, how will he be glorified in your life? And my answer to you is very simply, he will only be glorified to the extent that you and I are willing to die. And if we are not willing to give ourselves away, even to someone with whom we may have very little in common and very little philosophically in common, and who might actually even be on a different political ticket than you might be on. Until we're ready to die, how in the world can God be glorified in your life? It's not about you. It is about dying so others may live. Serving so that others may see. And seeing so that they may believe that he is truly the king of kings. As we encourage one another with this song, I invite you to accept Christ. If you've never been baptized, the water is ready. I think it's even warm today. And we could baptize you for the remission of sin. And you could confess Jesus in one way. But when you leave this building, the full expectation is that you don't live for you anymore. You live for God. And you give yourself away constantly, even to people you don't know, even to people you don't like, even to people that you've never met before. Go ahead and stand up in the middle of the airport and say, Kamala, are you going to win? You never know. You never know where God will take you. Let's stand and sing this song. Brandon, come and lead us as we sing. We will glorify the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We will worship Him alone. He is Lord of heaven, 
Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe. All praise to Him we give. So hallelujah to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of lords, who is the great I am.